So I saw a lot of these uh, instances in our lives. And I thought children need to learn how to earn money and the value of money itself. And this is what we're trying to do within Verity, is teach them early on how to value money, how they can earn it, how they can spend it, and how they can save it. And for us, it's more the impact that we're doing throughout the whole journey of it and how kids uh, will become the later on the next generation and the next people in command and that they how they would make their decisions. Hi, I'm Omar Al-Sharif. I'm Dina Shoman. And I'm Kamala Samurai. We are the co-founders of Verity. And you're listening to Gut Talks. Double G, U, double T. Hi, everyone. Maria here. And welcome to season two of Gut Talks. Double G, U, double T. A podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design and gut feelings. I'm Maria designer, strategist, and venture builder running GUT, WGUWT, a design and innovation hub. I decided to launch GUT Talks as the pandemic hit with an ambition to educate, put some karma on the board, and feature entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and investors who deserve recognition and have inspiring stories to tell. Feel free to email me if you need me. Maria at God.com, W-G-U-W-T, or check the links in the show notes. If you haven't noticed, there are no sponsors for the show, but you can still support God Talks, and it's super easy. Just leave a five-star review and a comment, and follow our social media channels on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get started. So you're the co-founders of Verity, which hasn't launched yet. It's an interactive money management and financial literacy app for families and their kids. And I checked the website. It's super engaging, really playful. You know, one wants to look at it and so on. And I'm not just saying this. Okay, <laughs> just so you know. So I want to ask you before we get started officially, who's who? Well, we are who we are. I'm Kamal. Just to give you a little bit of background, I was a banker for many, many years. I gave up banking in 2012. I started a recruitment company in Dubai. It was a traditional recruitment company to do with finance. Uh, in 2018, I kind of digitized that process, you know, and it was my first tech start startup. And then I was invited to the Wonder Accelerator with Fadi Ramdour in 2020 with that startup. And that's how I met Omar. But unfortunately, 2020 was not the best year for recruitment. And it gave me time to think about some new things to do. And with that in mind, the first person I kind of talked to when I thought of this new idea, this financial kind of family banking app for kids, the first person I kind of reached out to was Omar because of how we had interacted on the Wonder course and how different we had on our thought processes of thinking about things. You know, I deal a lot with finance and numbers and, and Omar deals separately. So I called up Omar and said, look, what do you think of this idea? And I guess he can take over the story from here and, and explain where we went. So I'm Omar Al-Sharif. I am the non-banker out of the bunch. So I have 15 years of experience in entrepreneurship slash startup ecosystem in the region. So I started in Jordan and then moved my way to Saudi and then to UAE. I've met Kamal as part of the Wanda cohort. So I used to be part of their team. And then he had a startup. And we thought that 
when working together, we saw that the, the dynamic actually worked. So when Kamal had the idea, he asked me if I wanted to join the team. And for me, it was interesting because of the dynamic we had and also because the idea was very interesting for me and it's something that I thought can create an impact. Surprisingly, two days earlier, I was on a call with Dina. We were just catching up and she was telling me more about her other ventures in the financial literacy world. And I'm like, when Kamal was talking to me, I was like, okay, Dina should be part of this. We need to get Dina as part of this. And we really just texted her and had a call the next day with her. And two days later, she was in and we were inseparable over Zoom since January. So hi, I'm Dina Shoman. I'm also a banker. I actually grew up in a banking family. So banking and finance and money has always been part of my life. Although I didn't want to go into that uh, as I grew up, but somehow an economics class convinced me otherwise. Don't ask why economics. So I worked in banking for almost 10 years. And then I left that in 2012 and thought about what I wanted to do next in my life, where I could make sure that all my passions were combined together. So I wanted to use my background in banking and finance, and I loved everything to do with education, kids, and creativity, as I also held the branding position at the bank. And so seeing how much of a problem financial education or lack of financial education was all over the world, I decided that would be the best place to go and to also start from a young age. So I moved to New York in uh, 2015, where I did my first startup called In Her Quests. I worked with uh, child development and educational experts where we built an experiential and play-based learning curriculum that was meant to be delivered as a subscription box uh, to parents. So every box you would get as a subscription would have three games and activities that would teach kids uh, financial literacy. And at that time, it was focused on girls uh, from a very young age. I moved back to Amman in December 2019, seeing the need also here, and there's a lot of opportunities in Jordan and the region. My company here was called Nahji, and we did a lot of customized projects for banks and nonprofits, all throughout uh, focus on financial education, kids of all ages, as well as young adults. And Omar and I had worked, uh, right after I left banking, had worked together on a project in Oasis 500 focus on the branding communication strategies. So I got to get to know him there and become closer to him, uh, worked very really closely on that project. And so, yeah, as he mentioned, like we were just catching up and, and I've been telling him for a while, when are we going to work on something together? Let's do something again. And, you know, and we're trying to see what we could do. And two days later, he's like, listen, I have a friend. He has a financial literacy app. We want you in. I'm like, what do you mean you want us in? I'm like, just talk to us and like, let's see what could happen. And so quickest decision I've made in my life. I usually take a little bit more time to assess things. But yeah, two days later, completely sold. And here we are. Verity is complete. <laughs> so was, was that decision in less than two days based on a gut feeling you had? Absolutely. Totally. It was. It felt so natural. It felt right. I don't know. It, it was just like even just meeting Kamal for that one meeting on, online was, and Omar, I know him from before, but everything just felt like it was falling into place. Okay, cool. And Omar, how was it for you? You quit your job, right? To do that? I did quit my job, but I quit my job for a totally different reason. So I didn't know about the idea back then. So I quit my job because I wanted to do something that I am passionate about, more passionate about. So I am obviously passionate about everything that I did before, but 
I wanted something that is different that actually is on the startup side where I can experience more diversification in terms of skill sets. And this felt natural. It's actually, as Dina said, it was like just a gut feeling that this would work. And I jumped into like I jumped into it, basically. Cool. And Kamal, I assume it's COVID feeling that... Uh... Look, it's the COVID feeling, but more than that, it's the... We we have a little kind of quote that we use as a team, and it is teach your children early what you learned late. And for me, I have a daughter, and when I was running during these COVID times, although, you know, although recruitment wasn't doing well, it also got me thinking, as a young man myself, I made many mistakes when it came to my own finances, right? Um, maybe too much debt on my credit cards, not understanding what student loans and, and how they go, not build saving enough, not having enough assets. And then for me at the age of now, I'm 43 years old now, and I'm still in that you know, rat race and, and, and continuing to go on these things, partly because of the many of the mistakes that I made when I was younger with financial literacy. So having this idea and thinking to myself, what well, if I can help my daughter not make the same mistakes I did when it came to her finances, then for me, that would be the success of Verity. And that would be where ultimately the goal of making this work is so that I could help her avoid the same financial mistakes and all the other children or young teenagers that you know in the MENA region and and beyond. I recorded an episode and that's the first episode of season two with Jessica Robinson. I don't know if you know her but she's based in Dubai and she wrote a book on financial feminism. Now she believes that women should start investing and you don't have to have a lot of money to invest so you know, things like that. I can introduce you to her, by the way. So I want to ask you, it comes as well from this personal story or need to see or to say that you can make an impact at a very young age. How do you think the perception of financial literacy for kids is in the MENA region? I think more and more people are realizing how important it is. And it's one of those topics that parents don't intuitively just think about from the get-go. So unless they hear about it and they're like, oh yeah, I wish I learned this stuff when I was younger and maybe I should be doing something about that with my kids. And sometimes it comes up when they face issues like nagging and I want this and how can I make my kids understand that money doesn't go on trees and it doesn't appear magically out of a little plastic card. So I think that Mina is becoming more aware about it. I think also a lot of the governments are becoming more aware and, and focusing on it with a lot of the financial inclusion uh, mandates and strategies that many countries have done, like Jordan, Saudi, UAE, Bahrain, and, and others. So I think it's still early on. And I, worldwide, it's still early on. I mean, there's, it's a worldwide issue everywhere. But at least I'm happy to see that a lot of the countries are starting to focus on it and that there's a lot of um, companies such as ours starting to focus on it. This reminds me, actually, when I was a kid, I don't remember the story, but my dad told me. Uh, when I was five years old, we were living in Cyprus. And he took me out on the street and told me to start looking for money on the street. And I was looking like seriously, apparently. And yeah, the moral of the story was you don't find money on the street. So, you know, so that could be an alternative way kids spend their time on mobile phones and iPads and so on. So I don't know if you guys remember a story that happened to you as well. I actually remember a story that happened with my brother. So my brother was always the business person in the family. So next to us, basically an office building, a lot of doctors in it. And what he used to do is he used to take cheese and bread out of the fridge 
go down and then start selling sandwiches in front of their uh, office building. And he made money out of that. I thought it was basically <laughs> people coming into that office building and actually telling him, okay, here's money, just don't do this. But uh, for him, it was a way for him to actually make a business. So I saw a lot of these uh, instances in our lives. And I thought children need to learn how to earn money and the value of money itself. And this is what we're trying to do within Verity is teach them early on how to value money, how they can earn it, how they can spend it and how they can save it. And for us, it's more the impact that we're doing throughout the whole journey of it and how kids uh, will become the later on the next generation and the next people in command and that they how they would make their decisions. Cool. Yeah, the reason why I asked the question also in the MENA region specifically, obviously it's a pattern, it's everywhere, but in the MENA region, maybe we tend to be more uh, spoiled in that sense where it's like those things you will learn them when you grow up. And today it, it's not like that anymore. So I want to ask, where are you planning to start from? Because you're saying that Verity is for kids and for families as well. So how are you starting? How are we starting in terms of marketing it or how do we start uh, in terms of educating the ecosystem itself? So It's both. I think it's both ways, actually. So Yeah. So let me tell you one thing. So in terms of marketing, you cannot market to underage individuals. So our target audience, which is the teenagers, are people that we cannot market to. So we chose to take the parents and there's an educational kind of journey with the parents and the kids on how is it important to have the app, why is it important for their kids and how to, do they use it and what are the long-term results of this. So what we're trying to do is educate the audience first. And by educating the audience, hopefully we will get more people to join us on the Verity journey. I mean, look, following on from that, I think the key for us is partnerships, right? So it's all about doing partnerships with not only schools, but workplaces as well. And just kind of blanketing, kind of educating, as Omar said, you know, talk, reaching out to parents and helping them educate their financial literacy for their kids. Ad break. No, not an ad. But as you may have noticed, this show has no sponsors, but you can still support Gut Talks by leaving five stars or a comment on your podcast player and like share and follow the social media channels of gut w g u w t all links are in the show notes now let's get going okay and, and i want to ask uh, dina as well you had another startup right and in the banking world also so i want to ask you are you able to draw some patterns from both because you, you worked with kids also prior to that so definitely the experience have helped in many ways. My experience in banking, where I was mostly focused on branding, CSR, sustainability, communication, helped me in understanding more, obviously, how the bank works and what kind of products and how they build the products. And my experience in New York specifically, because I spent there maybe five years and I worked very closely with educators and child development experts, helped me more understand how children learn best and also how parents handle the teaching process. Because with my subscription boxes, it's up to the parent to kind of guide the child into the games and the activities. So for me, when I wanted to start in her quests, I had this idea in my mind where, because also of my experience as a child, 
growing up in a banking family where I remember like traveling with my grandpa and he would have me sit with branch managers and they would try to explain how a bank works and they do like the debits and the credits and the money comes in here from the customers and it goes to treasury and treasury earns interest and and I just couldn't wait (laughs) to get out of there because for me that was such a boring way of teaching and they didn't know any better I don't blame them so I had an idea where I wanted things to be different I wanted kids to play and learn through their playing and this is where I discovered experiential learning as well so experiential learning is basically you do something and then there's a time of reflecting on it and then you apply it to your real life and if you add play and games and fun to that it makes it even better and it makes the experience more real and it stays with the child longer So then you have a higher chance as well to make sure that they learn what they need to learn as they grow up into responsible adults. And as well, to add to that, I'm sorry, I completely blanked out what I was about to say. Because I had it in my music. here we go. No, no, I remember now. I remember what I was about to say. We'll dance until you figure it out. I remember. That helped. That helped. That helped. Thank you so much. See, we work as a team. So I also was going to say, I learned how the different ways that kids can learn. So introducing the same subject or concept in different ways, even though it seems like it's repetitive, ensures that the children uh, get the way that they need to learn the best way. So some kids are visual, some are auditory, some are like tangible. So you have different types of games and activities to make sure that you cover all sorts of learning methodologies. Yeah, experiential learning is huge. Gaming is huge. And here I'm going to say like not gamification per se, but gaming itself. And banking is huge because we see today like all the digital native apps are other ones. Yeah, yeah, other ones that are disrupting the industry and the others are trying to catch up. So I'm just trying to understand how it works. So you're starting with those games and learning where you're targeting parents who would get their kids to and and schools right and partners to get the kids to start using that but then what's the goal are you going to become a bank or this is still open i know you want to try to capture the market quickly you're in a great place to do that right Uh, at the moment in dubai if you can get this going it's it's global anyway it's so so yeah what's next So maybe let me, Maria, let me just tell you more about Verity and what we do. And maybe like briefly just say what the app does. And then we can tell you how we envision it in the future. So the app has different pillars to it, but mainly it's a way for kids to handle money. So the way that it happens is that the parents create an account and then they create some accounts for their children. This way, the parents can transfer money into the app and then put it as allowance, automatic allowance to their children that happens weekly or monthly. And then the children, once they receive that amount, they are asked if they want to put it in their savings or they want to put it in their prepaid debit card. So what we give them is a prepaid debit card that is both physical and digital, in addition to a savings account where they can save money. They choose where to, how to split the money. We also give them chores or tasks. So the parents can tell them, and this is the earning part. So the parents can tell them, if you want to earn more on your extra income on your allowance, how about you tidy your bed and I'll give you an extra $2, let's say on your allowance, if you do it for a week. Or it can be more experiential where they tell them, okay, if you do this, I will take you to the theme park or I'll give you this gift or this dinner or whatever they can think of. Another aspect of it is also the uh, saving goals. So 
kids, if they have something that they want to buy, they can put it as a saving goal. So let's say a sneaker or a, a PlayStation, they can put it as a saving goal, put the amount there, and then start funding that saving goal with the money that they're getting from their allowance. And once they achieve it, they can get that money and then go and purchase the item. So it tells them more about how to save to a goal. And those are the main experiences that we have. We also have giving goals. Let's say the kids want to give money to a cause that they like. They put it as a goal and then they can save money and then give it to the saving cause that they think of. So these are the main ones. In addition to the learning part, which is embedded throughout the whole experience of the app. So we ask them questions. There's a gamification part of it that helps them in figuring out how to manage the money itself. So the parents set up the task or the goal or what needs to be done. So, okay, some parents can be like, okay, you give this example, you tidy your bed and I'll give you whatever needs to be. So I think here you can't control really what should be or should not go on that because tidying your bed, again, giving this example is they should be doing it in theory. So how can this help differentiate what helps them in their career and in their life versus something their parents want them to do? So we get that question a lot about what kind of chores should we pay our kids to do and whatnot. And we always say it's really up to the family, right? So you decide as a parent and as a family unit what it means to be a member of that family and what's the responsibilities that come with it. Something like tidying a bed could be something that you expect your child to do and maybe you shouldn't pay for it. But then you can decide, you know, something else is, whether it's uh, helping with the dishes or whatnot, or helping your sister, baby sister do her homework. In addition to that, and we decided to encourage parents to also create behavioral goals that will develop certain behaviors that can help them in the future. So we can do something like, you know, maybe I want my child to read more so we can put reading goal, a book a week or whatnot. We want them to become more citizens and more giving. So we can say that volunteer once a month and if you do that, you'll get an extra, I don't know, outing or go to your favorite restaurant or whatnot. So there are ways as well to do that with the chores. And for your question about preparing them for their future and their careers, everything that we do is like the basic financial skills. So it's a basic financial life skills that everyone should have. Before you even want to do anything, we consider it as something that everyone should learn. So it does prepare you for your personal life. It prepares you for your career life. It prepares you even if you want to become an entrepreneur and just to build your own different skills that come part and parcel with the financial skills. So there's many embedded skills that people don't realize are part of financial literacy. So for example, saving, it takes a lot of patience (laughs) to save. And that's one of the, for example, skills that younger kids can learn from five or six years old. So there's a lot of these other skills. There's also like being fair or how to take calculated risks. It's not all financial. It also applies to their everyday life and their personalities. If I may add to Dina's, so even tidying your bed, it's part of actually getting them on a routine. So a daily routine. So that's very important. So one is putting them on a routine. They know that they need to do these daily tasks. Basically, they have a schedule and so on. It helps them in their careers basically to say, okay, I have all of these tasks. Which one do I have to do first? Which one do I have to do second and so on? And then put them in a category basically and be able to do them, get feedback on them 
all of these tiny little things are things that will help them in the future. It's not the task itself. It's just going through the process that also helps them in doing it. And how are you guys working as a team? I know, Omar, you knew both of them before, Kamal and, and Dina, but how's it going? Like, who's doing what? Do you fight? Do you argue? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't fight and argue? It's all part and parcel. But the, the main thing is we're getting through it as a team. We get through decisions as a team. And it's easier. A lot of investors have questions like this, like, oh, what are your titles? We don't, because there's three of us, decision process is always a majority, right? Two out of three. It's never a, a clash of heads. It's never a kind of, you know, one person says this and one person says that. Because there's three of us, we have all come to the mature decision that if the majority makes a decision, then the minority goes with that. And that's how we work. So, you know, for us, what we've done as a mature founding team is split our responsibilities rather than our titles, right? As you see, when you ask the questions about the product, Omar jumped onto that because he heads up product and he heads up marketing. Dina, as you can tell, heads up the education, heads up the impact. Okay, and I head up investor relations and, and finance. So we have very clearly our role set within the firm, within the team that makes us work perfectly. To, oh, I wouldn't say perfectly, but works. we work well together. And I don't think we've had any major issues. Another question. Did you raise money if you want to talk about it? And how was it to raise money? Because you haven't launched yet, so you don't have traction just yet. Raising money is fun. <laughs> we've done pretty well. You know, we won't, we're not at the stage where we can discuss the exact amounts right now, but we've done pretty well. Um, everyone is, is very interested in, in what we have to offer. We've also had almost too many kind of people wanting to invest, you know, but, you know, we, we have to be careful as well because we're very early on. And, 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 you know, before our launch, we, because of being three founding shareholders, dilution is always an issue as well. So at the moment, fundraising has gone well. Uh, we'll announce it as soon as we're ready. And yeah, that's where we are with that. I just want to touch on something. When you said, Kamal, that you work perfectly together. Well, not perfectly. That's what you said. Yeah. And then D Dina started laughing. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. Uh... It's just the dynamics between... <laughs> There have been, I also was laughing because, you know, I think choosing co-founders is as difficult, if not more difficult than choosing a spouse yeah, <laughs> somehow, yeah. but yet like it happens so fast and yeah. we get along really well, but we do have our moments and yeah, you know, sure. they're tough, they're tough, we, you know, it's not easy, but um, it's like imperfectly perfect, I would say <laughs> in some ways. But that's why I was laughing. And I just like, for me, I love the dynamics. I love the sense of humor. I love the jokes. We're serious, but we don't take ourselves so seriously. And we're serious about what we want to do and accomplish. And it's just, it's just fun. Yeah, I think, I mean, just through Zoom, you're really, no one tries to be, you know, in the limelight or anything like that. So I get what you mean, Omar, when, when you said, can the three of us on this podcast because you know it's i think people and i would even imagine investors would like to hang around with you guys so yeah and kids so yeah. did you spend time with them dina i know you have so did you spend time with kids and getting them ready to you know verity coming soon It's within the plans. So we are actually going to have uh, testing help from kids all around us, basically, and from different groups that we are talking talking to. We also talked to a lot of parents and their kids. So we had surveys slash interviews, one-on-one -on -one interviews with families, just to make sure that the kids like it, the parents like it, and so on. So we're interacting with them. We're listening to what they want to see. 
within the app itself. And both Dina and I have a nephew and so Dina has a niece, I have a, a nephew and Kamal has a daughter. So we are interacting with those on a daily basis just to make sure that we are always have kids around us. <laughs> and each other. <laughs> yeah, we're also with also kids, like every absolutely. day, one is the parent yeah. and the other two are the kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so we pick who's the parent of the day. Basically. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the roles change all the time. Uh, um, always. How are you going to measure the impact you're making, by the way? That's a so, tough one, I know, but... It's actually not because, you know, we live in a world where data is very easily collected and measured now with the technologies and whatnot. So... We'll be looking a lot at children's behaviors in the app, how they change over time, how much they start saving more or making more calculated decisions when they want to spend. And also we're looking at the giving as well to see how that changes over time. So that will be happening, of course, once we have a good base and some time has passed so we can have some baseline data. And then we will be starting to you know, integrate other things to see how can we influence the behaviors more positively to teach them the skills that we're trying to teach them. Cool. And I think that I saw that you're creating some content as well, and that can help because I was looking, they look nice, you know, so someone would want to to go through this. I don't know if you guys want to add something. Is there anything we obviously in an hour, we cannot touch on everything, but is there anything you guys want to talk about? We didn't talk about. I think if Omar can uh, talk a little more on the security aspect of the app and the parental controls, maybe that would be very useful. Yeah, sure. So in terms of security, basically, so this is very important for us because we want to make sure that kids have a safe environment for them to play with slash work around and learn from. So we made sure that the parents monitor the kids' transactions. They can set limits on the cards themselves. And also they can block unwanted retailers and online interactions that they don't want their kids to go into and pay for. So all of these are available. Uh, we're making sure that the ecosystem as a whole is safe for children, somewhere that is both fun to work in, but also something that will, won't uh, expose them to anything that is dangerous for them at that age group. I think you can hear the church bells. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's amazing. Right. Yeah, They're next amazing. to you. Love them. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had church bells in a long time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping this in the podcast now. If it happens before, I'll, I'll, I used to take a break, but everyone loves it. And you guys said it's Absolutely. nice. So I want to ask you also if kids can interact with, I, I assume they can interact with other kids and send money to their friends and things like that. Or like, or is it only between the parents and the kids and whatever the kids are going to buy? So far, it's between the parents and the kids, but of course, peer-to-peer -peer transactions is something that we're thinking of, but also the security of it, slash, uh, where is the money going, and so on, is things that we think of on a daily basis. So we want to make sure that whatever we introduce within the app is something that is necessary and is something that they will learn from and is something that in their daily life they need rather than just an extra gadget that nobody's going to utilize that much. So we want to make sure that the first aspect of the app is something that or the first batch of features that we have is something that they will use. And then we will build upon that several uh, more features. Okay, cool. Because I'm asking you because you, you touched on the security aspect and, and what you've been saying also 
you know, scams can happen, right? And so on. And and I don't know if Verity will also have crypto at some point and so on. But I was I also did a podcast on crypto scams. We were literally focusing only on scams. And these are things that can happen. And we assume that kids can be also vulnerable, not knowing what could happen if it's crypto or not crypto, because scams happen all the time. So maybe that's why, you know, you're taking it step by step, because those things could eventually happen. Yeah, so let me just take you a step back. So fraud protection is available through our partners and us. Basically, the development of the app itself allows for that. So we make sure that we protect them from fraud. In terms of crypto investment, um, making this bigger in terms of features, adding all of these little interesting aspects to it are all things that we think of. But as you know, as a startup, you need to start somewhere. So we're starting with something that is we think is the most important for now. And then for us, it's like we every day we dream of what how can we add X and Y and Z to it and make it more interesting. So these are things that are definitely on the table, but we are taking it a step by step. Yeah, yeah, that's what I call the Microsoft effect. <laughs> Basically, that's <laughs> that's not what you want. So yes. Yeah. Uh, stick to yeah, what you're doing and then expand. So no, thank you so much for this. I don't know if anyone wants to reach out to you, how to do that. Yes, they can send us an email at hello at veritytheapp.com. So that's one. Or contact us on social media. So we're available at uh, Verity app on Instagram, on Facebook, and on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Cool. And the app will be in English and Arabic right now, right? So far, English and Arabic. We're adding more languages as we go. Thank you so much, guys. Thank, Thank you, you very for much, your time. Maria. Yeah, it's been Thank great you, Maria. fun. This is the end of today's episode with Verity and the three awesome co-founders. Not only we spoke about financial literacy and the importance of financial education when it comes to kids and teenagers, but we also saw and discussed the importance of team dynamics when it comes to creating a startup. Thanks for listening. You are listening to Gut Talks by Maria Matloub. To support the show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who could benefit from listening to these stories and experiences. To continue the conversation, join the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time.